Hey, Dog Days listeners, it's Monday, August 16th, 2021. Let's move from isotope fractionation and tracers to radiotherapy. As you may know, some anti-cancer treatments utilize radioactivity. You may have been treated yourself for this. The methods work because radiation, alpha particles, beta particles, gamma rays, damage the DNA of tumor cells, rendering them unable to replicate. But of course, healthy cells are damaged as well. So the trick is to deliver the radiation only to the tumor or cancerous cells as best as possible. One method is today's topic, brachytherapy in which a radioactive source is physically placed right next to the cancer cells to be destroyed. This may seem like the most obvious approach. This can be done surgically or less invasively in some cases, such as the treatment of vaginal, uterine, and cervical cancer for women, or prostate cancer in men. Why is it all in that area down there? Let's deal with that. Anyway... For cervical cancer, small radioactive metal balls are introduced into the cervix. MRI can be used to ensure correct positioning. Brachytherapy can be done via two strategies. Low-dose rate brachytherapy, which delivers a low dose but remains in place for a few days. Often, cesium-137 is used for this. Cesium-137 is completely synthetic with a half-life of 30 years, and it is a beta emitter. It produces beta particles or or high-energy electrons. See episode 6 in this series. The other strategy is high-dose brachytherapy, which delivers a high dose, but for only a few minutes per session. For this, cobalt-60 or iridium-192 is often used. Only traces of cobalt-60 exist in nature, so I imagine they make this as well. Its half-life is five years, and it it emits both beta particles and gamma radiation. Recall, gamma radiation is like high-energy x-rays. Iridium-192 is also synthetic with a half-life of 72 years, and it too is a beta and gamma emitter. A few notes about the elements I just mentioned Cesium-137, which is what I said was used as a low-dose brachytherapy agent, but so is cesium-131, and its half-life is just 10 days. It's used for prostate cancer. They make tiny seeds out of it and place those near the prostate. I really don't want to know how they get the little seeds in you. Actually, I do know. It's done via a needle inserted into the perineum. Uh, I wish I didn't know that. Cobalt-60 is the one I mentioned above, which is used in high-dose brachytherapy. But cobalt-57, which is radioactive with a half-life of 272 days, is used as a vitamin B12 tracer. See episodes 12 and 14 when I talked about tracers. To check that your body is properly absorbing, absorbing vitamin B12 from foods you eat. Vitamin B12 actually contains cobalt. Did you know that? It does. All natural cobalt is cobalt-59, which is stable. This test, which is called the Schilling test, works similar to the zinc test that I mentioned in episode 12. In this case, you're fed B12 with a 
the naturally stable cobalt-59 is exchanged with radioactive, radioactive cobalt-57. They then check your pee to see how the radioactive B12 is being excreted, and they do some math to determine if you're having B12 absorption problems. Finally, iridium-192 is mentioned above for high-dose brachytherapy. It's made by bombarding iridium-191, which is stable and constitutes about 37% of naturally found iridium, with neutrons. So they bombard iridium-191 with neutrons, and they get iridium-192. Also, evidently, you can make dirty bombs from iridium-192. A dirty bomb combines some radioactive material with conventional explosives. This is always a big worry and why nuclear material really has to be tracked. Iridium-192 has accounted for the majority of cases tracked by the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission in which radioactive materials have gone missing in quantities large enough to make a dirty bomb. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of stolen Iridium-192 out there. Great. That's all for today. Ciao.